ಶನ್ನೋ ಮಿತ್ರಣ ಶನ್ನೋವತ್ವರ್ಯಮ ಶನ್ನ ಇಂದ್ರ ಬೃಹಸ್ಪತಿ ಶನ್ನೋ ವಿಷ್ಣುರುಕ್ರಮ ನಮೋ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣೆ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ವಾಯೋವ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಕ್ಷ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಸಿ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಕ್ಷ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ವದಿಷ್ಯಾಮಿ ಸತ್ಯಂ ವದಿಷ್ಯಾಮಿ ತನ್ಮಾಮವಧು ತದ್ವಕ್ತಾರಮವಧು ಮಾತು ವಕ್ತಾರ ಸಹನಾವದು ಸಹನೋ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾಷಾವಹೈ ಛಂದಸೃಷಭಿಶ್ವಭ್ಯಮೃತಸಂಬೂವ ಸೇಂದ್ರ ಮೇಧಯಸ್ಪೃಣೋ ತೇವಧಾರಣೂಯರೀರ ಮೇ ವಿಚರ್ಷಣ ಜಿಹ್ವಾ ಮೇ ಮಧುಮತ್ತಮ ಕರ್ಣಾಭ್ಯಾಂಭೂರಿ ವಿಶ್ರುವ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣ ಕೋಶಿ ಮೇಧಯಾಪೀದ್ರುತ ಮೇ ಗೋಪಾಯ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಹಂ ವೃಕ್ಷರೇರಿವ ಕೀರ್ತಿ ಪೃಷ್ಠಂಗಿರೇರಿವ ಊರ್ಧ್ವಪವಿತ್ರೋವಾಜಿನೀವಸ್ವೃತಮಸ್ವೀಧ್ರವಿಣಗುಂಸವರ್ಚಸ ಸುಮೇಧಾಮೃತೋಕ್ಷಿತೇತ್ರಿಶಂಕೋರ್ವೇದಾನುವಚನ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಪೂರ್ಣಮದೂರ್ಣಮಿದೂರ್ಣಾತ್ಪೂರ್ಣಮುದ್ಯದೆ ಪೂರ್ಣಸ್ಯೂರ್ಣಮಾದೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯದೆ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶ್ರುತಿಸ್ಮೃತಿಪುರಾಣಲಯಂಕರುಣಾಲಯ ನಮಿ ಭಗವತ್ಪಾದಶಂಕರ ಲೋಕಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವ ಬಾದರಾಯಣ ಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಕೃತ ವಂದೇ ಪಂಥ ಪುನಃ ಪುನಃ 
ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेरे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमवद व्याप्त देहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांग मनसगोचरम अवांग मनसगोचरम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अतीतद्वैतभानगह अतीतद्वैतभान गुरुनाराध्य वेदांत गुरुनाराध्य वेदांत सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे Now we proceed to the next section on the page 114 called the obstacles to samadhi and their removal. Ukta yamadhi ashtang sahid nirvikalpa samadhi nirvigna anushthana siddhyartham. The earlier section talked about the samadhi, nirvikalpa samadhi, samadhi absorption in the self. Without even the distinction of this knower and the known, that was said to be nirvikalpa samadhi, a samadhi or absorption without any vikalpa, without any distinction. Nirvigna anushthana siddhyartam. In order that we can perform this, nirvigna without obstacles, vigna jnana vyatarekena nivaranasya kartuma shakyatvat It is necessary to know what kind of vigna or obstacles one encounters in the process of this meditation leading to samadhi. What are the obstacles that one encounters unless we know that it would not be possible for us to remove those obstacles? All along understand this is a process of removing obstacles. Even absorption also will be natural for the mind naturally gets absorbed into something which it is happy with. So to get absorbed in the object of happiness is something that is natural for the mind because mind loves happiness, that, is, that, is, that being its nature. And self being the source of happiness, therefore the absorption of self also should be natural or should be uh, effortless. But it is not. Only because of the distractions or obstacles. Which obstacles ultimately are products of ignorance, understand? Only primary obstacle is ignorance. From that is created the obstacle called ahankara, the ego, the sense of individuality. Avidya, asmita, raga, dvesha, abhinivesha. Avidya, ignorance. Asmita, the sense of individuality, I am so and so, this is asmita. Raga, an attachment for that which is agreeable to that small ego. Dvesha, an aversion for that which is uh, inimical to or antagonistic to or opposed to that ego. And abhinivesha, a cling- clinging attachment to body, a clinging attachment to life, a clinging attachment 
to anything that supports this ego. <coughs> avidya, asmita, raga, dvesha, abhinivesha. This is how, in general, the products of ignorance are described. Vedantic teachers would say, avidya, kama, karma. Ignorance brings about kama or a desire. Because ignorance brings about a sense of smallness, sense of limitation. And there is naturally a desire to become free from limitation, free from smallness. And that brings about karma or action. Which brings about karma phala, the result of action. And this is how the progeny of ignorance expands. So however we look at it, whatever obstacles are there, are all the obstacles, are all the products of ignorance. And the only way to ultimately remove these obstacles is by knowledge. But in the abidance of the knowledge, even, even after listening to the scriptures, and when one sees this truth, then also certain obstacles remain in terms of gaining an abidance in this knowledge. So knowing and gaining the abidance in the knowledge. There are obstacles that come and distract the mind. So even though mind wants to abide in the self, on account of the habitual problems or habitual patterns of thinking, the patterns that have become just rooted because of just long habit, they take a period of time to go. <coughs> and they themselves become the obstacles. And we have to deal with them. So Vedanta Shastra here recognizes four kinds of obstacles to the abidance of the mind. Yadatu manasiya vignaha pradurvavishyandi tadatan nivaran upayam upadeshtum upadeshtu kamaha tatratyan vignan nirdishati. So, well, external obstacles can also arise. External obstacles can be anything. Rain and heat and cold and pleasure and pain. All, I mean, heat and cold. All these external situations can also become an obstacle to one's meditation or one's gaining an abidance of focusing upon the self. But here we are talking about internal obstacles and we should know about them. Therefore, the author now next discusses these internal obstacles. What is the nature and what is the method of dealing with those obstacles? So that forms the next section here. <coughs> so this is the passage 209. Page 114 here. Evam Asyanganaha Nirvikalpakasya Laya Vikshepa Kashaya Rasaswada Lakshanaha Chatwaraha Vignaha Sambhavandi Chatwaraha Vignaha Sambhavandi Chatwaraha 4 Vignaha obstacles Sambhavandi are possible. So these four obstacles are possible or they arise, let us say. What are these? Evam Asya Anginaha Nirvikalpakasya Samadehe. 
this nirvikalpaka samadhi or that samadhi, absorption without distinction, which is the ultimate objective of those eight steps that were earlier discussed. <coughs> in that, in that, in gaining that samadhi or gaining that abidance in the self, an effortless abidance, this chattvaraha, vignaha, sambhavandi, these four obstacles are there, they arise. Laya, vikshepa, kashaya, and rasasvada. What is laya? Laya is dozing, torpedity it is called here. Laya means sleep actually. Laya can also call absorption. So very often some people, Vedantins like to even brand the samadhi also as a, a laya, of, as an absorption. But here, this laya is uh, the, the, the uh, sleep as a matter of fact, absorption in tamas. Whereas samadhi is absorption in sattva, laya is the absorption or getting lost in tamas, sleep. Vikshepa, vikshepa is distraction. Kashaya, kashaya is said to be attachment. And rasaswada, the aswada enjoyment of rasa. Rasa means happiness. Enjoyment of happiness is called rasaswada. These are the four obstacles. As we said, there are three gunas, sattva, rajas and tamas. Our mind is made up of these three gunas, sattva, rajas and tamas. Sattva is purity, transparency, enlightenment, happiness, knowledge. These are the attributes of sattva. Rajas is what? Activity, agitation. So this is the characteristic of rajas and therefore distraction. And tamas is laziness, lethargy, inertness, dullness, this is tamas. So sattva, rajas and tamas, these are the three dispositions of mind and they are the obstacles. Says Lord Krishna, sattvam rajas tamayri gunaf prakriti sambhavaha tan nivadnati mahabaho dehe nibadnanti mahabaho dehe This mind on account of identification itself binds the self. The self is bound to this body or bound on account of this mind, identification with which creates this sense of bondage. And since the mind consists of these three dispositions, sattva, rajas and tamas, therefore we may also identify the nature of bondage in this threefold way. <coughs> So these obstacles are also essentially that laya. Laya is, as we said, sleep or dullness, inertness, that is tamas. Vikshepa, distraction, agitation, that is rajas. And rasaswada, enjoyment of happiness, that is sattva. So tamas, rajas and sattva. In between there is kashaya. Uh, that also is kind of rajas. So, tamas, rajas and sattva, these three are the obstacles, identification with them is the obstacles and therefore they are mentioned here <coughs> and the author now proceeds to tell us what are the, what is the nature of these obstacles. Says the next passage. 
लयस्तावत लयस्तावत अखंड वस्तु अनवलंबे अवलम अनवलंबनेन अनवलंबनेन चित्तवृत्ते निद्रा सो लयस्तावत निद्रा व्हाट यू कॉल लय इज निद्रा और स्लीप चित्तवृत्ते निद्रा चित्तवृत्ति दिस माइंड वृत्ति मीन्स द थॉट चित्तवृत्ति मीन्स द थॉट ऑफ द माइंड मीन द स्टेट ऑफ द माइंड चित्तवृत्ते निद्रा वेन द माइंड फॉल्स अस्लीप वेल नेचुरली इट इज माइंड एट फॉल्स अस्लीप आत्मा नेवर फॉल्स अस्लीप आत्मा नेवर वेक्स अप बिकॉज ऑल फॉलिंग अस्लीप वेकिंग डिस्ट्रैक्शन ऑल ऑफ दीज आर द स्टेट्स ऑफ माइंड बट माइंड इज एक्सट्रीमली इंपॉर्टेंट बिकॉज इट इज इन द माइंड दैट द इग्नोरेंस इज and it is in the mind that the knowledge takes place the self is beyond the three sattva rajas and tamas therefore we say that each one of these three can be obstacles of course the strongest obstacle is is tamas less strong than than is rajas and the mildest obstacle is sattva but that also is an obstacle which should be recognized as such so that one is careful not to fall into the trap so less tavat then to talk about la or torpidity whatever you call it akhanda vastu anavalambanena since the mind is not able to rest on akhanda vastu vastu means the truth akhanda undivided the indivisible truth which is the self which is devoid of as you said even the distinction of the known and the unknown that is akhanda khanda is division when there is a division between i and non i then that is khanda akhanda vastu din the indivisible truth which is the basis of all divisions from which the distinctions of the i and the non i or the subject and the object or the known and the known that from which all these distinctions arise is akhanda vastu now all the time the mind is accustomed to only transacting or dealing in the realm of this duality of the knower and the known in what we call khanda or the duality and therefore for it to go back and rest on the akhanda vastu becomes difficult on account of these obstacles so akhanda vastu anavalambanena on account of the inability of the mind to focus itself upon the akhanda vastu namely the self chitta vrutte nidra that mind falls asleep you try to focus your mind upon something try to meditate and focus your mind and when the mind is not able to do that then it just falls asleep this is also a common experience murcha avasthavat arasena chitta vrutte bahya shabdaadi vishagraha anadare sadi pratyagatmaswarupa अनुभाषणात् वृत्ते स्तब्धिभावलक्षणनिद्रारूपःक्षणनिद्रारूपःक्षणनिद्रारूपःक्षणनिद्रारूपःक्षणनिद्रारूपःक्षणनिद्रारूपःक्षणनिद्रारूप
has stopped thinking about even the body also. But still, because of either exhaustion, because of fatigue, let us say, or because of dullness that may happen to prevail at that time, either because of fatigue or because of dullness that may happen to prevail at that time, the mind is not able to rest or focus on the self. So it is no more thinking of the external objects also, otherwise it will be awake. Nor is it able to rest upon the self and therefore because of fatigue or because of the, uh, the tamas, the dullness that happens to obtain at that time, the mind falls asleep. <coughs> so more often than not it is fatigue. And mind has a, a tendency to fall asleep because that has also become the habit. Whenever the mind is relaxed, whenever it nothing else to do, then out of boredom it just falls asleep. So very often this is what happens. That with all the uh, enthusiasm you want to have, you want to enjoy a retreat. Therefore, you create for yourself a situation where you become free from all the engagements. And you want to, you know, you want to uh, apply yourself to the study and meditation or whatever it is. Except that often the mind does not find enough enthusiasm to do that. Because mind that is accustomed to activities, <coughs> when that mind is... Uh, disengaged from those activities, often it has nothing to do and it is not able to generate the enthusiasm to apply itself to study, which requires a certain motivation, certain quietude, that you cannot make yourself to do japa or meditation or study and having given up all activities, there is nothing else to do, the mind falls asleep. So many, many a time, people on retreat or vacation with all the best intention of utilizing the time for study, they quietly sleep because there is nothing to do. Or of course you watch TV and stuff like that if you kept those things with you. But if you are not and you are very sincere about trying, then very often mind having nothing to do just falls asleep. So this is either the mind is tired, there is fatigue or there is a dullness. And they have an inability of the mind to be able to apply itself to that which requires a, a focus, a subtle thinking. And to, to be able to enjoy that kind of thinking or meditation or japa, the mind has to be subtle. And if the mind is not, inability of the mind to be able to focus upon meditation or japa or study. And then having disengaged the mind from all activities, mind falls asleep. <clears throat> so this laya or nidra or the sleep is a very common obstacle to meditation or japa. And more, most of the people experience that. That you have withdrawn your mind and, and relaxed it. The relaxation is an ideal condition for meditation and also is an ideal condition for sleep. And so the mind that is relaxed falls asleep on account of its inability to focus upon the self which is an extremely subtle thing. Or even to focus upon what we call japa. So this is an experience that happens when you do japa or when you try to meditate or you even try to study. And the mind just does not find interest, doesn't find that motivation and therefore wants to fall asleep. <coughs> this is the laya, the first obstacle, the most common. <coughs> this is tamas. 
Then now, the author talks about the second obstacle in the next passage. Akhanda vastu anavalambanena chittavrattehe anyavalambanam vikshepaha Akhanda vastu anavalambanena again on account of the inability of the mind to center itself or focus itself upon the self, akhanda vastu. Chitta vrutehe anyavalam anyavalam manam vikshepaha. Then the mind gets distracted to something else. So in case of laya or the sleep, the mind, there was dullness of the mind. Therefore the mind fell asleep. Here now the mind is not dull, mind is quite active. And akhanda vastu grahanaya, grahanaya, antar mukhataya, pravuttaya, chitta vrittehe. Let us say that you have made your mind, again you have withdrawn your mind from its activities. And you are trying to focus that mind upon the self. Chitta vrittehe, chit anavalambanena. For whatever reason, the mind is not able to focus itself upon the self. Trasta Pakshivat Punah Bhakti Vishaha Grahanaya Pravati Vikshepaha They come sometimes compared to a bird. The mind here is compared to the bird, the active mind. That the bird goes on the top of the tree all right and is trying to fly up, let us say, trying to go to a higher, maybe a top of a building or something like that. Or in the forest, the mind, the bird is on the top of a tall tree and maybe wants to go on the top of a mountain, let us say, and is unable, unable to do that, then it comes back to the tree, you see. So mind, the bird is trying to take the flight all right, but on account of not being able to find that enough energy, the bird comes back to the tree, and similarly also the mind that has been withdrawn from its other preoccupations, and the, the seeker is trying to have that mind focus upon the self, but the mind is not able to discover enough poise in itself. Therefore, is unable to rest on the self, rest on the object of meditation here, which is the self. And therefore, thus the pakshivat, on account of a bird, similar, comparable to a bird, which is now tired or exhausted, or unable, bhakshivishe grahanaya pravatthi vikshepahityartaha, then the mind, on account of its inability to rest or focus upon the self, it runs out to the external objects. This is called vikshepa. So when the mind is dull, it falls asleep. Mind is not dull, mind is active. However, unable to rest on itself, it therefore has to do something, has to go someplace. Mind needs to rest somewhere. And therefore, it goes to the external objects. And this is called <coughs> then the third obstacle is said in the next passage. Laya vikshepa abhavepi vikshepa chitta vrittehe 
राखंडवस्तु अनवलंबन कषाय लयविक्षेप अभावेपी ऑल राइट नाउ देर इज ए ए वेरी पिक्यूलर कंडीशन वेर द माइंड इज नॉट डल और माइंड डजेंट हैव दैट लेजीनेस और फटीग एंड देफर डजेंट फॉल अस्लीप नॉट इट इज दैट एक्टिविटी दैट इट गेट्स डिस्ट्रैक्टेड इन टू अनदर ऑब्जेक्ट बट स्टिल द माइंड इज नॉट एबल टू रेस्ट अपॉन द सेल्फ सो रजस ऑल्सो इज नॉट देर एक्टिव और तमस ऑल्सो इज नॉट देर थर्ड वन हियर चित्तवृत्ति रागादि वासनया ऑन अकाउंट ऑफ दासना वासना लेटेंट इंप्रेशन वॉट यू माइट कॉल दबकॉन्शियस और अनकॉन्शियस वॉट एवर थिंग दैट इज नॉट मैनिफेस्ट इन द माइंड अबाउट विच यू आर नॉट इवन अवेयर इन दस वेन द माइंड बिकम्स फोकस्ड टू सम एक्सटेंड so one has as we say disengaged the mind from the external objects mind has become essentially quiet and still unable to unable to focus upon itself because of yet another obstacle is that the latent impressions which are there buried in the mind which impressions are i branded here as raga raga means some attachments or dvesha meaning some aversion attachments and aversions which are there within the mind lying latent and unresolved so this is unresolved things in the mind they come up so the indian sages also recognizes difficulty of a person that ultimately one has to settle account with everything that has gone on whatever is there in the mind one has to settle account with and therefore a time comes when things which are unattended because as long as mind is under the spell of laya or sleep well it avoids addressing any problem when the mind is under the influence of vikshepa or distraction then also it avoids the problem and keeps itself busy with something else so this is what we normally do usually the mind avoids facing the problem therefore either it falls asleep and avoids everything or it keeps itself distracted that's the reason why we have all these escape distractions all the entertainments are often more often than not forms of distraction they're not necessarily that can be genuine gain and need also of all the the activities but often the activity can become a distraction that's all it is not a television is necessarily a distraction or a telephone is necessarily a distraction or anything is necessary distraction we would not say everything is a genuine content and therefore every everything can contribute to us so therefore a vedantin really vedantic student will not look down upon anything everything has a genuine content and it can contribute to us because god is everywhere not only that but the growth potential is in anything and everything and if one approaches different situations of life or different things in life with this attitude of growing and that is how one relates with them then there is a growth potential in everything but very often the things that are available to us are used as escape distractions 
because one is bored and therefore or one is agitated you know then so whether is agitation inside or uh, you know sadness inside or boredom inside and instead of addressing that sadness or agitation or whatever it is i just engage my mind into something to get away from having to face that situation in the mind so whenever we resort to anything with that then it becomes a distraction and then also if you get distracted to repeating god's name or distracted to chanting that is fine that's the reason why they gave us give us all these practices also that may you engage your mind in repeating om or whatever god's name or may you do chanting <coughs> repeat things and keep give an activity to the mind because those things have a cleansing effect cleansing effect so that is fine however if one doesn't do that and just one takes an easy way out in just distracting the mind do all kinds of things <coughs> it can be telephone it can be movie it can be television it can be a variety of things then those causes for distraction sadness restlessness and happiness all those things they remain unaddressed thus there are many unaddressed unassimilated things within ourselves they call it childhood problems and what it is so things which were forgotten things which we did not have also time to address ourselves because we are too busy and therefore things are forgotten or even constantly during our day to day transaction with the world the mind does go through variety of reactions within which are unassimilated there are many things that i may dislike which i am able to put up with there are many complaints and things within myself which i am not able to voice outwardly and whatever and so many of those unresolved things are there within myself which i have not been able to resolve and generally speaking as long as my mind is busy or because you fall asleep that's all right and all the unassimilated things then they come out when the mind is half awake or something like that and all kinds of train of thought goes on in the mind that is the mind trying to express itself anyway that's all uh, the point here is that we are not even talking about that here we are talking about a person who is a very evolved person but there also the latent impressions which are there in the mind in terms of some attachments or some aversions which have not been addressed or not been resolved they may come up and this is called kashaya kashaya here is said to be attachment kashaya can also be said to be impurities let us say un- unassimilated impressions which are lying buried so they also find occasion to arise at this time so sometimes when you are doing meditation or japa and you find some irrelevant thoughts arising in your mind kind of thoughts which you are yourself surprised at which you had never thought and you wonder where do they come from very often people ask us this question swami ji you say that in the dream we always gain experiences which have some bearing upon the waking state the dream is an expression of the uh, the impressions of the waking state but often i dream something which i have never i have never experienced so we may say that the dream also is like this 
is also a state of mind very often where those latent impressions which are buried, they manifest themselves. It is possible that you may be aware of those impressions and so identify them. Or there may be many impressions which I am unaware of, which my mind keeps picking up constantly. Moment to moment mind picks up things. And very often some of those things remain as impressions which may not have been dealt with. So they may arise and you may be yourself surprised to how can my mind think like this? And people get shocked also and they get uh, very often uh, frustrated with their own mind. But here this also is there that in the mind there are latent impressions, unresolved or unassimilated impressions which also which did not have an opportunity to manifest themselves. Usually the strong impressions always make themselves known. But the weak impressions do not get an opportunity to make themselves known because those strong impressions always dominate. So mind is dominated by very strong impressions and strong uh, emotions. And therefore those weaker impressions, they lie unaddressed or buried. But now, when you are trying to meditate, when there is no strong impression left in the mind, that time those weaker impressions may also find their expression. Thus, you may find sometimes just irrelevant thoughts or uh, unfamiliar thoughts arising in your mind. And therefore also, the mind is not able to focus itself upon the self. (coughs) And these obstacles are there in any process of meditation, by the way. Not only meditation upon the self, whenever we try to focus our mind on any object of meditation that requires a concentration, then these obstacles will be found. Stabdi bhava, the mind becomes numb, not able to do anything, doesn't fall asleep because it is too active, or it is awake, doesn't get distracted because it doesn't have even, you know, it just becomes numb. So it doesn't think of any external objects, nor is it able to focus itself upon the self because there's latent impressions arising. So the mind is blocked. And that mind block just becomes like numb or becomes stunned and unable to go further or backward. An illustration is given here. Yasa Raja Darshanaya Sugrahan Nirgatya says here, let's suppose some person is there who wanted to see the king. This is an old-fashioned example that a person left his home in order to see the king. He enters the palace all right, but before he can enter the chamber of the king, the gate doorkeepers in the palace, they stop him. So this fellow is stopped. Now he had all the enthusiasm to go and see the king. And all of a sudden he stopped and then he becomes stunned. He doesn't know what. He, his mind doesn't think of going back because he had come here to see the king. And all of a sudden, this has been stopped, it has been obstructed by these gatekeepers. And how a person becomes numb or stunned. And so also the mind which was all set to focus upon the self is nevertheless obstructed from that on account of these latent impressions arising. And therefore, the mind as well becomes stunned. <coughs> Says so vasanas or latent impressions can be three kinds. One is bhakyaha putradi vishayaha. There can be these latent impressions or attachments with reference to external objects such as sun, 
families, possessions, relatives, friends, and attachment towards them may be there in the mind. Abhyantaraha Manurajyadaya Third are the all kinds of reveries or all kinds of imaginations the mind has. All kinds of imagination it may have about itself. Like the child may imagine, I'll become a great man, I'll become a king, and I'll become prime minister, I'll become this. So all these kind of, this is called Manurajya, meaning all these kind of uh, images, the reveries or imaginations that the mind has. And third is all these latent impressions. <coughs> and these impressions are there in the mind on account of the mind's experiences in contact with the external world over countless births. And therefore, all of these are buried inside. And when they arise, all of a sudden, the mind being unfamiliar with them, it didn't expect. When we are confronted with something that we did not expect, then we become stunned. Very often, when we expected something, then you are ready to deal with it. But all of a sudden, when you did not expect any obstacle or did not expect, you know, and you were all enthused to pursue something, and all of a sudden you meet with an obstacle which you were not prepared for, you all of a sudden become stunned and unable to do anything. This is called sabdhibhava, being stunned or being stopped. And that state of the mind is called kashaya. <coughs> sabdhibhava. So, on, on account of numbness or being stunned, the mind not being able to focus upon the self, this obstacle is called kashaya. <coughs> And now the fourth obstacle in the passage 213. Akhanda vastu anavalambane nabe chitta vrittehe savikalpaka ananda aswadhanam rasaswadha Samadhyaramba Samaye Savikalpaka Ananda Swadhanamva Akhandavastu Anavalambanayanabhi Again, the fourth obstacle is when the mind, here the mind is not able to again rest upon the Akhandavastu, the self, on account of yet another obstacle. Chittavrutehe Savikalpak Ananda Aswadhanam Rasaswadhaya. This mind, now there is no obstacle called laya or the sleep, tamas is not there. There is no obstacle called vikshepa, the distraction, the rajas is not there. Even there is no obstacle called kashaya, there is latent impressions, so they also are not there. Then the mind has become completely restful in what we call sattva. So whenever the mind becomes sattvic, then there is what we call a happiness, you know, in the mind. Mind is, experiences happiness. What we call an experience of happiness is nothing but the mind becoming sattvic. Mind is like a pool of water, which reflects the self, except that the reflection usually is not clear on account of either a lot of dirt in the mind, just as if the water is dirty, how the reflection is dull or not there, 
or if the water is restless then also the, the reflection is not there but when the water becomes quiet and transparent then it reflects an object clearly and so also as long as mind is under the influence of tamas and rajas the reflection of self in that also is either dull or distracted but when the mind becomes now satvik clear and transparent fool then it reflects the self clearly and the self is happiness and therefore a satvik mind reflects the self that is happiness and therefore you experience happiness this is still a state of mind when you feel silent so the mind has become completely silent and that silent mind also is a mind which so that you experience the silence there is that joy great joy of the silence of the mind this is called rasaswada that happiness that you are enjoying at that time is still the happiness of a state of mind and not the happiness of this or of the knowledge or appreciation that i am the source of happiness so experience of happiness is one thing and to know that i am happiness is yet another thing and this is the final obstacle when the mind becomes satvik then the person gains that experience of happiness and it likes it and it doesn't want to give up not wanting to give up that experience of happiness that is why when we are eating food and enjoying we keep on eating because we don't want to give up that enjoyment morning sleeping enjoying the sleep don't want to give up that sleep and therefore a in a, a unwillingness to get up from there wake up from there or get up from the bed thus we know that whenever the mind is happy enjoying whenever we are enjoying something we do not want to give up that enjoyment naturally there is a, a natural uh, affinity for a, a happy mind or a mind that is enjoying so normally of course the enjoyments come from external things etc here the enjoyment comes from the very state of mind that the mind has become satvik has become so quiet and tranquil that that is a happiness effortless happiness and one enjoys that even that enjoyment also becomes an obstacle to focusing the attention upon one's own self <coughs> so therefore this call also an obstacle the sattva guna also is an obstacle tamo guna is an obstacle by way of creating sleep rajo guna is an obstacle by way of agitation and distraction and sattva also becomes an obstacle by way of giving me an experience of happiness music all of these things give me a kind of an absorption where my mind becomes just tranquil quiet and i gain an experience of happiness or peace there also the duality of the experiencer and the experience is there and this is called rasaswada so or sometimes even that that there can be even a complete loss of oneself complete self forgetfulness or absorption that's called bhava samadhi meaning an absorption of the mind that is brought about on account of some experience so even all these things that are done even these rituals and worship and chanting and kirtan and singing all of these have the effect of taking us into some kind of a a state of absorption which is very enjoyable and which is good of course but understand that ultimately that is also an obstacle in as much as it is still an experience it is still a state of mind 
and therefore it is said here to be Gnostic or Sāsvādhā. <coughs> Samādhi or another definition is given. Here this commentator says that this Rasāsvādhā, this enjoyment of happiness often is comparable to a release that one has from all the burden of the mind. When the mind is burdened with thought, with desires, with demands, with whatever, then, of course, there is no mind cannot feel happy. And when the mind becomes free from that burden on account of this meditation, or account of something else, on account of music, on account of singing, on account of something, then the mind becomes free from that burden. And there is a joy of that freedom from burden. Imagine a person climbing a hill with a big burden on the head, you know, big load of things on the head, and momentarily that burden is placed aside. Then there is a complete release from that burden. And that also gives you a happiness. So similarly also, the rajas and tamas are burden. When the mind is dull, of course it is dull. But when the mind is active, rajas, then there is a lot of distraction and the mind gets tired. When that burden goes away and the mind becomes sattvic, then there is a happiness which is also called rasaswaram. An interesting comparison is given. It is said that, let us say that there is a uh, person, a thief maybe, who wanted to, there was a treasure. There was a treasure buried in the earth and this person wanted to retrieve that treasure. He goes there, at the middle, middle of the night, let us say, you know, to get that treasure. But sometimes what happens? These treasures are protected by some evil spirits. There are all stories, you know, that go with it. Sometimes you find a snake protecting it. Sometimes some ghosts and such other evil spirits are protecting the treasure. So it is said. So this fellow goes there all right, and all of a sudden, he is attacked by all these spirits which are protecting the treasure. And he runs away from there. He runs away from these fellows, and then, when he's safe, he experiences a great relief. They're all right. He didn't get the treasure, okay. But at least, he has become free from these spirits. So very often, when we are in some kind of a difficulty or danger, and then when that goes away, then there is a great relief. So, that is a happiness of relief. Similarly also, rajas and tamas were relief. I mean, when they're burdened, when they go away, the mind becomes sattvic then also there is an experience of happiness, which is more an experience of happiness of relief, rather than happiness with knowledge that I am the happiness. <coughs> so this is one way of explaining what we call rasaswada, or the, the happiness that one experiences in the process of meditation. Or, the, the another, another explanation is given of this obstacle called rasaswada enjoyment. Rasa means happiness. And aswada means experiencing. Swada, like, like tasting. Aswada means tasting. Tasting of happiness, you know, is rasaswada. Like you taste the food. That's called swada. Swada is the peculiar faculty of the tongue. So that the taste is called swada. Aswada, tasting it from all sides. Rasaswada, tasting a rasa or the happiness, in all ways is called rasaswada, meaning the enjoyment. 
the another another explanation of that rasaswada is samadhi aramba samay sadikalvaka ananda aswadanam va or you may say that there is one is now in sadikalvaka samadhi where there is a distinction of the knower known and uh, now there is a need also to give up that distinction but then this is a state of absorption where there is an awareness that i am the uh, i am the self and i am free i am complete that awareness is there and that naturally is a source of great joy so one is experiencing or enjoying the the awareness of the self and therefore the joy of the self is what one is experiencing so this is the state of knowledge actually that i am that happiness but still that awareness of i is there and one doesn't want to give up that slight distinction because that experiencer experience duality is there and that is where you have the experience of happiness you are the experiencer of happiness and you want to retain the state of being the experiencer samadhi aramba samaye sadikalpaka ananda aswadanam va that sadikalpaka that state of absorption with the distinction of the known and the known gives a great joy and one is unwilling to give up that joy because of uncertainty of what it would be in the so called nirvikalpaka you know i mean nirvikalpa means without distinction that you even lose yourself as jacob said in the beginning i mean as i read the other day that this is annihilation of the self and nobody wants to be annihilated somehow there may be some kind of a fear or uncertainty and therefore there is a reluctance of what one considers to be self annihilation or reluctance to embark upon something that is unknown or unclear or whatever and therefore one hesitates to give up that distinction also of the known and the known then that is the rasaswada of sadikalpaka samadhi or the absorption with distinction of the known and the known that can be said to be rasaswada the fourth obstacle <coughs> निर्विकल्पक समाधि आरंभ काले अनुभूयमान सदिकल्पक आनंद त्याग असहिष्णुतया पुनः तस्वादन रसास्वाद है दट वन इज वन हैज दविकल्पक समाधि एंड देफ वन इज एक्सपीरियंसिंग दट जॉय ऑफ द सेल्फ एंड वन अनविलिंगनेस टू गिव अप दैट इज कॉल्ड एंड यू नो गिव अप दैट फॉर इवन इज दिल्फ विच इज डिवाइड ऑफ ऑल द डिस्टिंगशन so unwillingness is, is then continuing to enjoy that the the happiness of the sadikalpak samadhi is called rasaswada <coughs> and therefore one should strive to become free from these obstacles and what is the result of that is being said in the verse in the passage 214 anena विघ्नचतुष्टिवातदीपत अचल सत अखंडचैतन्यवतिषते यदाकक अनेन 
विघ्न चतुष्टयन विरहितम चित्तम चित्तम द माइंड विरहितम फ्री फ्रॉम विघ्न चतुष्टयन इज फोर ऑब्स्टिकल्स सो वेन द माइंड इज फ्री फ्रॉम दिस फोर ऑब्स्टिकल्स हाउ इज इट माइंड कंपेयर टू निर्वाद दीपवत अचलम दीप मीन्स लैंप वात मीन्स विंड निर्वात मीनिंग अ विंडलेस स्टे प्लेस सो निर्वात दीपवत लाइक अ लैंप दैट इज प्लेस्ड इन शेल्टर फ्रॉम द विंड और लैंप प्लेस्ड इन अ विंडलेस शेल्टर और अ विंडलेस प्लेस सो निर्वात दीपवत अचलम सत अखंड चैतन्य मात्रम अवतिष्ठते सो वेन द माइंड इज डिवर्ड ऑफ ऑल दीज ऑब्स्टिकल्स देन द माइंड अबाइड्स इन द सेल्फ इवन लूजिंग द डिस्टिंगशन ऑफ द नोवर एंड द नॉन अखंड चैतन्य मात्रम अवतिष्ठते द माइंड रेस्ट इन नथिंग बट अखंड चैतन्यम अंडरस्टैंड माइंड ऑलवेज रेस्ट इन कॉन्शियसनेस बट अपॉन कॉन्शियसनेस दर आर प्रोजेक्शन and the ultimate projection is a knower and the known projection and that is what creates an apparent khanda or the division in that consciousness in fact inherently there is no division at all in consciousness but the mind projects the division so mind stops projecting any divisions then it gets totally absorbed in the consciousness which is undivided in therefore even the projections of the knower and the known they are also gone they go away you can't give them up actually but they go away this was explained earlier that as a result of a long practice of the so called savikalpaka samadhi where the distinction of the known and the known are there when that is practiced for a great length of time then mind gathers a moment on account of the samskara on account of the the uh, uh, the nature that it has cultivated or the momentum that it has gained mind itself ultimately stops this projection and therefore gets absorbed totally in the self without any distinction this is what happens by itself as a result of a long practice and thus when the mind is free from all the obstacles akhanda chaitanya matram avatishthate and the mind abides in the awareness which is one without a second non dual how does it abide beautiful illustration is given दी निर्वात दीपवत लाइक द फ्लेम ऑफ अ लैंप विच इज प्लेस्ड इन ए विंडलेस रिसेस सो दर इज अ रिसेस इन विच यू आर प्लेसिंग द लैंप विदाउट द विंड ऑक्सीजन इज देयर बट द विंड मीनिंग द ब्रीज इज नॉट देयर इन अ ब्रीजलेस रिसेस वेन अ लैंप इज प्लेस हाउ द फ्लेम रिमेन्स स्टडी विदाउट मूवमेंट अदरवाइज यू फाइंड दैट द फ्लेम ऑफ द लैंप ऑलवेज सम स्लाइट मूवमेंट because of a little breeze but when there is no breeze there is just the oxygen that is enough for the lamp to the flame to burn then we find that flame steady so how the flame of a lamp in a windless recess is steady so also an effortlessly steady and the illustration of lamp also is a beautiful illustration because it is fire which is of the nature of light which dispels the darkness which is the nature of illumination and mind also is illumined so we are not merely talking about the mind stunned or becoming absorbed without but here is a mind that is illumined like the flame of a lamp and therefore the darkness is not there 
and still the mind is steady because there is no wind, there is no breeze. What kind of breeze can be there? Breeze can be of the nature of rajas, meaning of the nature of distraction. It can be kashaya in the sense of the latent impressions. It can be even rasaswada in terms of the enjoyment of that state. When all these obstacles which can be compared to breeze, when all of them are gone, then the mind that is devoid of all these obstacles abides steadily, effortlessly, like the flame of a lamp in a windless recess. Nirvata Deepavat Achalam Sada Akhanda Chaitanya Matram Avatishthade Yada Tada Nirvikalpaka Samadhi Iti Uchchade Then we say that this is called Nirvikalpaka Samadhi A state of total abidance Better word is abidance than absorption A state of abidance in the self without the distinctions of the known and the known The mind has become completely resolved Mind has become completely resolved. Therefore, even the need on the part of the mind to maintain that slightest distinction of the known known, even that also is not there. Then the mind is completely resolved. And therefore, a total abidance of the mind in the self is called Nirvikalpaka Samadhi. <coughs> okay, the next passage we will discuss tomorrow. Om Puranamadas Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri 